Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But being in God's Word every day also helps keep us in focus on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. You know people in your life, undoubtedly, who need to turn their lives around, the focus in their life around. They need to start thinking about their soul, about their relationship with God. Help them to make that change by sharing these short studies with them every day. With your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing every day. You may help somebody turn their life around and even get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day. We're going to continue in our line of thought and study, asking the question, why do good things happen to bad people? Hmm. Well, in the first three sections of this particular study, we looked at the reverse question from that. On the minds of so many people, on an ongoing basis, why do bad things happen to good people? So we talked about that in depth and in detail. But in this part of our study we have been asking the reverse question. Why do good things happen to bad people? Well, we're looking right now at some contributing factors that give the appearance that in the immediate moment, good things are happening to bad people. In this first consideration, we're looking at how God bestows some blessings universally on all mankind, such as sun, rain, and the laws of nature. But we also noted that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 45, and actually through verse 46, that we need to understand that God loves everybody. Now, that does not mean he does not hold all of us accountable. He does. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in our body, in other words, in our life here on this earth, whether good or bad, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. But he loves us all. His desire is for every one of us to be with him in heaven. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So Jesus says we should not hate our enemies and just love our good neighbors or those good people around us, but rather we should love our enemies. We should be good. We should do good to them. We should pray for them. Well, why? You were an enemy of God at one point in your life because of your sin. Now, that might kind of cause some people to open their eyes big and, and their ears kind of go back and they, well, what are you talking about? I was never God's enemy. You need to read Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 10. Verse 6 says, when, when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Did Christ die for you? Well, of course he did. Why? Because you were ungodly. All of mankind is ungodly outside of Christ. 
He goes on and says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. Who's us? You and me and everybody else who has ever lived in this earth. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now what's the wages of sin? Romans 6 and verse 23, death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, God does not want to have to have his son at that final day of judgment pronounce the death sentence, eternal condemnation in hell on anybody. But now he will hold us all accountable. We will have to give account for the way we've lived our lives. But see, he died Christ died. God sent his son to die on that cross for you and me and everybody else because of our sins. Now, verse 9 of Romans chapter 5. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, for if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You see, God loved you and me so much that he sent his son to that cross as the perfect sacrifice to die and have his blood shed so that you and I and then everybody else has the same opportunity to be cleansed from the guilt of your sins and my sins, and everybody else has that opportunity to be cleansed by the guilt of their sins as they're baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. Yes, God loved you so much he sent his son to the cross to die for you. And so those bad people around you, he loves them that much too. He wants everybody to be saved. But he holds us all accountable. We must all give account. And Jesus indicated in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, that most people are traveling down the wrong spiritual road through life. Most are going down the road to condemnation, to eternal destruction. And only the few are traveling down the pathway of God's truth that leads to eternal life in heaven. How sad that is. God wants everyone to be saved, but most people go down the wrong road. A second contributing factor to the appearance, the seeming appearance, that in the immediate moment, good things are happening to bad people. Well, God's goodness and patience should lead the unrighteous, to repentance, to turn their lives around, to come to him for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. I want to begin reading with verse 4. And so the apostle Paul writes, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Uh, yeah, we need that goodness and 
forbearance and long-suffering nature of God in our lives, don't we? How thankful we can be that God has been good and long-suffering and forbearing toward us so that we could partake of the goodness of God in his leading us to repentance. He goes on and says, but in accordance with your hardness and impenitent heart, you're treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. You see, again, remember the psalmists when we, when we studied earlier in this general study, Psalm 73, Psalm 10, they talked about what appeared to be the contradiction good things happening to bad people and probably to understand that they were also intimating that bad things are happening to good people. But they came to understand. They came to understand Now God's holding everybody accountable. God's keeping score, so to speak. And so people who continue to live in the hardness of their heart, who continue to be impenitent, that is, they're, they're They don't come to repentance. They don't come to God through Christ for forgiveness and salvation. God's going to render to each one according to his deeds. And we have continually referred to that same truth in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance and doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. See, if you... If you keep on keeping on, you hang on in there, you are dedicated, committed to live the godly life, the good life in Christ, the life of having been forgiven and saved. So you're living that faithful life before your Lord and Savior and your heavenly Father. Then eternal life is your ultimate reward, eternal life. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek. Oh, yes. God knows who's living the faithful life. He's not turning a blind eye to people's ungodliness, unfaithfulness, to their living lifestyles of sinfulness on an ongoing basis. No. Indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul who does evil. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good. For there is no partiality with God. God is the most wonderful, impartial judge. He wants all to be saved but he will hold us accountable. While it may look like people are getting away with evil in their life, sinfulness, wickedness, ungodliness, they're not getting away with anything. God is trying to still give them time to come to learn the truth and come to repentance. And God's goodness and patience should lead the unrighteous to repentance. We'll study a little bit more next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Father in heaven, we pray for your forgiveness. But we pray also for forgiveness for everyone around us. So many people all around the world need to come to you, need to open their eyes to the truth 
and see their need for forgiveness through their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help them to open their eyes and help them to open their hearts and embrace that blessing that you offer them. Forgiveness, salvation, eternal life with you in heaven. And help us to be shining lights to help more and more people see, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.